Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Word Podcast. I am Jim Adair. With me as always is Max Rappaport. Max, how you doing? Doing great, Jim. Max, uh, sitting here. It's raining. It's raining where you are too. You told me that before we started recording. Uh, but behind the, behind the clouds is the dawn of a new season, Max. Nice. Getting closer and closer by every day. Um, now, as we're recording this on a Wednesday night, actually, it's around 7 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, so uh, uh, one week, uh, almost to the moment, because I believe the opener is at 8 p.m. game. I may be wrong, um, but almost exactly one week from the start of the season. Between now and then, there is one more preseason game. It doesn't matter, um, and we're going to spend a majority of this podcast talking predictions, uh, over/unders, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but before we do that, we'll just do another quick uh, look into how we feel about the preseason so far. I know, Max, you wanted to specifically talk about uh, one Matisse Thibault. I feel like that he's the story of the preseason, and we kind of talked... Without a doubt. We talked at length about him last podcast, but um, I feel like we also talked about Jay Rich and how Horford's looked and all that, and, and that's kind of just held to form. Um, Matisse mm-hmm. Thibault, though, this last week, you know, after after the first preseason game... Um, and he was great in the first two, but like he's just been ridiculous. And I think it's we're at a point where he's very clearly cemented himself going into the season as one of the seven or eight guys in the rotation from day one. Right. I mean, you could probably argue. I mean, by definition, I guess technically the sixth man is the guy who has the most minutes who's not in the starting lineup, right? Um, but typically, like the colloquial version of the sixth man would be like the first guy off the bench. And, you know, I can't name you an NBA team that just subs one guy first. You know, it's usually a group sub or whatever. Brett Brown tends to sub two people uh, to get to get Joel his first rest or whatever and kind of sh- shift it around. And throughout the preseason, when the, the main guys have played and he hasn't started, those first two guys have been James Ennis and Matisse Thibel. And it's hard to imagine a world where, at least for the good chunk of the season, Thibel is not one of those two guys, period. And it's also easy to see maybe if an injury or a rest or something like that slipping into the starting rotation as well, starting lineup. Um, he's just looked out of this world. Um, offensively, is just, you know, playing within his game, which is good. You know, maybe you want to see him shoot the ball a little bit more when the, it comes to him. But he's really just playing the game as it comes to him and defensively. And he said as much uh, in a, a post-game interview uh, after the last preseason game that he's given been given such a long leash by Brett uh, partially because when you can go out there and, and you can take risks and you can get pump faked out of your shoes and you can reach for a steal that you don't get when you have a defensive back line like the Sixers have. So he's given these opportunities to just, you know, really kind of play fast and loose. And he's really, really good at that. Well, not, not only that, like having that back line, but I think too, he reminds me a little bit of Nerlens Noel at Kentucky where it's like he'll he'll jump or he'll make he'll gamble right and get mm-hmm. beat or get out of position and then he'll come back and just swat a shot and somebody's not expecting it at all like he catches a lot of guys right. off guard with that um, and you've seen him block what like five jump shots in the preseason like he just yeah it's crazy he just has this ability to make up the distance that he loses when he gambles like that and doesn't and it doesn't right. result in the turnover um, or a, a deflected ball where. 
it doesn't really affect, seem to affect him that much because he's able to get right back into the play so well, not to mention right. the fact that you have Embiid and, and now Horford back there. Um, if there was something that Allah said on the on the broadcast last night, and I can't remember if he was if this was his idea or he quoted this from like if Brett Brown said it or something. Um, but he said at one point that Matisse Thybulle plays defense the way most guys play offense, and I really like yeah. that. I think yeah. it's like super accurate that he just is like in the in the way that or play, he plays it the way a guy plays offense with the ball in their hands. Like he just he's always moving, he's always active. It's like you notice him on every single defensive play. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus, I mean, talking about blocking jump shots, I can't find the exact stat because I wasn't prepared to look it up. But there was something that I don't know if he was number two or I don't think he was number one, but number two or three or four in the league last year. But Ben Simmons has a habit of blocking jump shots a lot as well. Yeah. Um, and to have both of those guys as a threat and Josh Richards is no slouch and Al Horford's no slouch and Joel Embiid is far from a slouch that I, I, I think, you know, if we're talking about over-unders and predictions and stuff like that later on, but uh, of all the statistical categories, um, if I had to, like, if you if you told me, like, I guarantee you the Sixers will lead the NBA in one statistical category, what will it be? I would say blocks. Just, like, total blocks. Because um, so far, I mean, even if we don't see that much in Norvell Pell up here on his 2A contract, who had five of their 15 blocks, they still had 10 blocks without him. Um so I just it's a very exciting brand of defensive basketball because a lot of defense sometimes is uh, what doesn't show up on highlights, just rotations and getting in somebody's face and disrupting uh, a pass or making someone take an off balance shot. That's not really sexy, but to do that and the sexy stuff is really great. So, yeah, I, I think their defensive just like that, like the leash that they've been given and the people staying home and rotating stuff like that granted you're playing you know the pistons backups and the long lions and stuff like that but there's no better time to kind of show show what you can do now and then kind of find your rhythm with you know the nba talents later on so uh is one of the most exciting parts of additions to the team i think probably the number one most exciting addition to the team in my eyes followed right behind him by josh richardson yeah, Josh Richardson's looks great too. Um, I love that they gave him point guard minutes last night. I, I thought that was. Yep, yep, yep. I'm I'm excited to see if that's a direction they go. Um, it doesn't feel like Howell Neto or uh, Trey Burke have like cemented themselves as that guy. Right. Um, and yeah. I don't think they're going to use. Yeah, and I don't think either of them they're going to use a lot anyway. Um, I mean, if one mm-hmm. had looked really good in the preseason, maybe. But I think if you can get away with ten minutes of Jay Rich at point guard. Uh, de facto point guard a night with the other mm-hmm. ball handlers on the floor and that's that's fine like, I would I would like that yeah. especially with Thibault now probably taking up along with Mike Scott a lot of those reserve right. minutes um, I was going to say what what a I, I was going to say going back a, just quickly to the, the blocks yeah. thing when Tobias Harris comes off the floor and you bring Thibault on and it's Ben Simmons uh, Jay Rich Thibault Horford and Bede is that is that not the best shot blocking starting like five man unit in NBA history? Like you basically have five A plus shot blockers for their position on the floor. Perhaps skill wise, what the seat actually plays out, but yeah, it's they're going to have some incredible potential on that end, especially. Um, And I do think it's a very funny way that this team is structured. You know, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, Embiid's a center and Horford's a center and, I guess Ben Simmons is a center because 
people just need to be loudly heard all the time, so they say stuff like that. Uh, and then Josh Richardson is actually a small forward, but playing a shooting guard. And Tobias Harris is, I don't know, some kind of weird hybrid thing that's not counted in the first five categories. But it is very funny to me that essentially your backup center is your starting power forward, and essentially your backup point guard is your starting shooting guard. Because, I mean... I guess the lesson here is when your bench isn't that great, just don't ever use them. Yeah, it's like <laughs> use it's what I do when I play 2K online. As possible. It's, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. just call like five yeah. timeouts in a row at the end of the third quarter. You bring uh-huh. your entire bench in for like two minutes mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. your starters play the rest of the time. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just do, you run like a solid seven man rotation because who needs anybody else? Um, before we go into the predictions and over-unders and stuff, Max, do you have any other notes before we just go and get into the meat of this thing? Uh, I, I don't know how much I want to talk about Norvell Pell, but uh, he's been he's been up and down, but certainly last night was really impressive. Um, I don't anticipate him. Uh, you know, he's on that two-way contract. I don't anticipate him um, playing a ton for the Sixers this year, but like, I wouldn't be shocked if he is able to what he's 26 now his career is like taking a long time to get off the ground i wouldn't be shocked if he could turn himself into like a Dwayne deadman type of player in the future i don't know if it'll be with the sixers but Mm -hmm. he does have a lot of like he has the size he has skill um he has really good defensive instincts Uh, he makes a lot of mistakes Mm -hmm. but if he could if he could figure that figure it out i think he could be a, a competent backup center i mean let me ask you this i'll i'll put it this way first of all uh just a short list. He is older than James Michael McAdoo. Actually, no, that's not true. He's one month younger than him. Sorry, messed that up immediately. Uh, he is older than Ben McLemore. He is older than Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, older than Anthony Davis. Anthony Ben. Wait, he's oh, actually wait, he's well. older than Anthony Davis. Yeah. God damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yes, he is. Um, not by much, but he's older. But than that's him. that's still uh, insane. Yeah. Older than uh, Alex Lynn. Uh, older than Frank Kaminsky. Older than Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Stephen Adams, Andre Drummond, who is way younger than you always think he is. Andre Drummond, is, I always think he's 48 years old. Older than Josh Richardson, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, that in mind, and his skill set and his kind of career path in mind, I think his ceiling... And it seems maybe he could hit that, and it could be useful if he does so. Is like, you know, like seventy-five percent Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, that's kind of the guy you think of when you think of like shot blocking centers who took a long time. That's yeah. that's it. But like, I, yeah, I think I think it's he's similar. Although I think it's he's more of a like he's less of an offensive threat. He's not going to like try to, which is maybe a good thing. He's just he's not going to like yeah. do all the bullshit that Hassan Whiteside does. Right, think think he's more than like the early early career Javale McGee stuff. Right, think about this, and um, it's just like there are years where he would have been your main backup center, right, and that we're not there anymore. Um, Our good friends uh, Seamus Clancy and Kyle Newbeck started a new podcast, which I just told you about. So great friend you are. Yeah, Um, sorry, I did not know about that. I listened to their first episode today, and um, Seamus made this point, and he pointed out that like he's like it sounds like i'm exaggerating or something like a joke but it's not true but like if the sixers had kyle o'quinn last year like they may be nba champions that's how close this team was and i think the team has improved 
not only in the bench stuff, but in the starting five as well. That's how close this team was to winning it all. They just had like a competent backup big or like a competent version of a guy who can like handle the ball and also shoot it. And they made upgrades in both of those places. So having someone like Norville Pell uh, in your system is great. Having him on a two-way is great. Having a lot of fun go watching him in Delaware and have him develop there uh, with Shayok down there on two-way contracts. But I don't know if we'll see a ton of the, the floor up in the bigs, but um, he's got instincts and talent. We'll see how far that actually carries him. I'd feel more confident in Shayok actually getting some, some late-season run with the Sixers. I think he. I mean, he's the Sixers good. always need shooting, and he yeah. and he's looked good. Like he and he looked yeah. good in summer league, and he's yeah. a little older too. He's not all that. He, he he's not all that quick. No, um, which for like a guy who's like purely a shooter, um, is kind of a, a a knock on him a little bit. But you know, he seems slippery, going around screens and getting his shot off at least. So we'll see. All right, uh, let's, let's yeah, let's yeah. get into the over unders. We have a lot of over unders to get to. Um, we're just gonna go player by player. You think that's the best way to do it? Yeah, Pla- sure. Player by player, uh, we're gonna keep track of these, um, and these are based Before, on. Oh, go ahead. You're keeping track of these, right? I'm, I'm keeping track. I? I'm keeping track. Of okay, these. good. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm going so to we keep are track, keeping of, track these, of these, uh, and we'll see after the season. I can't remember yeah. what last year. I'm probably saying I can't remember because you won, but I I think you won. No, no, no. So. I did win, but then we did some kind of other thing, and I lost that. Um, and we had said like, "Oh, um, like what do what I have to do?" Because I lost, but it didn't matter because the winning the over and unders like balanced it out. Um, and I did already win our height our height thing this year. Hmm. Um, but maybe, yeah, I'm not saying we're gonna bet anything on this. But if someone has something really funny and interesting, we can bet on this. Then we'll do that. Sure. Um, yeah, just just tweet yeah. th- tweet those at us or or at the step yeah. over account if you have an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but all right, yeah. Let's 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 dive in head first, man. All right. So these are based on ESPN fantasy projections for this year. Um, oh yeah. Let's say that. So so last year I somehow found the individual player props on like Bovada or something like that. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's just not, maybe you know they'll be up in like three days. It's just we're still one week out from the season, but I could not find those at all this year. So these aren't actual betting lines that we're going off of, just to put that out there. Yes, these aren't betting lines. Uh, They're just based on, I don't know what the algorithm is. Uh, It does seem like they've put some thought into like the addition of Al Horford, how he'll his stats will be different on this team than they were on the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Like there, there does, it doesn't seem to be just like they just threw it into a calculator and said like, well, this is what he's done right. the last three seasons. So this is what it'll be. Um, so it, right. it does seem to be, there's some analysis going on here. Um, yeah. And this, and this is the projections on ESPN's fantasy site. Yeah. So ESPN yeah. fantasy site plus um, for Matisse Thibel, they, they basically projected him to not play at all. So I just made up some, some over unders. Uh, and then we mm-hmm. asked for some uh, listener over-unders that we'll do also. So let's start with Ben yeah. Simmons. Um, mm-hmm. They have him, and I'll, I'll give what the numbers were last year as well. So they have his points per game at 17. Are you taking yeah. the over or the under on that? Over. Hmm. He was 16.9 last year. Um, yep. Yeah. I'm going to take the over also. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, spoiler alert. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be pretty high on Ben Simmons this year. All right, me too. But so, what what would you if you had to set the over under? Where would you set the number? Um, twenty. Would you go with a full twenty points? I wouldn't go as high as I probably would have said like eighteen point four, 
something like that. Yeah. Because I don't think he's necessarily going to shoot the three more. Um, we'll talk about that in a second, too. Uh, but I do see him perhaps raising his three, three throw percentage just a tiny amount. But I, I just think he's going to get to the line more as well. Um, and I think he's just going to have more of a hold on the offense. And then plus, seeing him play off ball a little bit more might help him as well. So I think he's going to be a little bit higher than the 17. Maybe just shy of 18 or maybe in the low 18s. I don't see him going above like 18 and a half. But I say above 17. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, I, I think he will be in the high teens, like somewhere between eighteen and twenty, is where I would put it. Um, and I, and I think I think you're right about free throws. I'm looking up right now what he's shooting in the preseason. Um, I know it looks a lot better uh, than it's looked uh, th- than it looked last year. So he's played three preseason games. He's shooting. Yeah, he's shooting fifty four and a half percent, which isn't better. Last year he shot fifty six point three. Or I'm sorry, he shot 60, 60% from the line last year. Um, mm-hmm. Rookie pre- year was 56.3, I think. Uh, yeah. So. <sighs> Super small sample size. I, I think, yeah, I think his free throw shooting will be better this year. I think he's going to attack more. Um, we'll get to it's Embiid also, in think, a second, and, but I think Embiid's points per game are going to be down a little bit because I think he's going to play fewer yeah. minutes. So. This is, a, this is purely on uh, memory and the eye test, but. Um, as a guy who shoots 60% from the line, it seems like he'll, he'll get in this rhythm because, um, you know, there's few things more rhythm-based in the NBA other than free-throw shooting because you're in the same spot every time, put the same amount of pressure on the ball, same amount of spin on the ball, you know, and ideally it goes in. Um, but he seems like he'll go up and we're like, you know, he'll have a bunch of games in a row where he's shooting like 80% from the line and then he'll go like 0 for 2 in like a bunch of games in a row. So it seems like... I feel like it always feels like he's shooting better than he is because in the games where he shoots like seven, he'll be like four for seven or five for seven. But in the games where he shoots like one or two or three or four, I feel like he never hits. Yeah, he needs to get in rhythm. Yeah. You know, I think the other... This would all be completely wrong. This is just going off my shit memory, but yeah. But I think the other thing too with with all these points per game totals that we need to think about is so you have three guys, the first three that we're going to talk about, Ben Simmons, Embiid, and Tobias Harris coming back. Uh, and then you're yeah. replacing J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler, two guys who averaged, you know, what, second and third on the team in scoring, um, mm-hmm. respectively. You're right. taking them off and you're adding Al Horford, who averaged 13 and a half points per game last year, and Josh Richardson, who will, you know, between the two of them, he averaged 16.6 last year. Like, you're taking mm-hmm. a good 15 points per game off uh, just from the starting five. And I don't think... Embiid and Tobias Harris are going to make up. I think Embiid will probably be a little bit lower than last year. Uh, Tobias I mean, Harris averaged as a whole 18 last just, year. I, I just think Ben Simmons is going to have to pick up some of that. The team as a whole could also just score about eight fewer points per game. That's true. It'll be a slower pace for sure than they played with last year. And more defensive focus. And, you know, it could be, you know, they could just score about seven to eight fewer points per game, which I mean, it still gives you eight to make up, but, you know. The other thing, though, is if we, sudden, think gonna, if, if we think they're going to force a lot of turnovers, though, I think Ben Simmons factors in getting a lot of transition points that way, too. Absolutely. Um, and honestly, transition assists as well, which is the next category. Speaking here. of assists, yeah. So, uh, Wait, did you say over or under yet? I didn't know. Oh, we, we both went over for points. Okay. okay. Um, yep. For assists, they put him at 8.8, which is uh, higher high. than his 7.7 last year. I don't know if I, I think I want to go under on that. 
just because of the addition of Al Horford and, and Josh Richardson, I think is uh, at least a wash with J.J. Redick in terms of uh, playmaking, probably a better playmaker, although J.J. Redick, just because of his uh, uh, gravity, got a lot of uh, right. assists with Embiid last year on pick and roll. I mean, we I remember having this exact conversation this time we did this last year. You can go back and listen and prove me right or wrong. Uh, he averaged 8.2 assists his rookie year. And the thought process I had was, well, he'll have the ball in his hands more, uh, kind of be more of the the leader on the floor. Um, I remember saying, I'm like, I'm like, JJ is going to shoot better. Didn't shoot better. He just shot more and got more points. But I'm like, you know, it's only going to go up. There's more people to pass the ball to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was all true, but it went down. Uh, it went from 8.2 to 7 points. 8.2 was his rookie year assist per game, which is still very high. Um, so I think there's part of that where the idea that there's more people who can make shots, you're like, oh, well, he'll obviously get more assists. But also, when those people are Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson and uh, Al Horford, who can actually create a little bit with the ball on the floor, and then once they put two dribbles down, that's no longer an assist opportunity. Um, I think that, first of all, it, it going up at all um, from, from what it was last year is a bit of a stretch, maybe. But especially going up to damn near nine assists. So I'm taking the under and not by a good chunk as in like six assists, but like closer to 7.7 than 8.8. I could see it being seven, honestly. Like I'm definitely going under on this. I feel like uh, the addition of Al Horford, I think, makes a huge difference um, because I think the Sixers are going to lean on him a lot as a guy with the ball in his hands in the high post. I think. Simmons is going to be off ball a lot more, uh, which you already talked about. Like, by the way, uh, just a quick yeah. thing: if 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 Ben Simmons had averaged eight point eight assists uh, in the NBA last year, you know what that would have put him in the league? Like third or something, second or third? Second, behind Russell Westbrook at ten point seven. Kyle Lowry was second with eight point seven. He was already sixth as it is with seven point seven. So, yeah, it's a big jump. I mean, unless unless his game is just really different this year than what we're expecting, like if they're if they're really planning to use him in that way, I just don't think they will because um, they're not a shooting team like they were. They they were a better shooting team last year, um, and yeah. I, I kind of anticipate uh, his scoring going up, assists going down. We'll get to the next one: rebounds. Uh, he was at eight point eight last year. Uh, they have him at eight point nine, so a little higher. Yeah. I. This is a tougher one. I think it's going to be pretty close to that. I'm going to go lower just because I think he might actually benefit from getting fewer rebounds. Um, it went from 8.1 in his rookie year to 8.8 last year. Um, but I think a lot of the benefit he gets from pushing in, in transition a lot of the time um, is when someone else gets a rebound and he kind of is kind of running down the side of the floor and he gets the kind of the lead pass that way where he's already, by the time he gets the ball right after an assist, he's already, or a pass, he's already near the three-point line. Um, and with him guarding, actually, you know what? He might be guarding point guards a little bit less since Josh Richardson might be guarding point guards now. That was kind of my so, thought. I don't know. I'm torn. I'm going to go yeah, over I'm for gonna, that I'm, reason. I'm, I'm going to go under, but not by a ton. All right. I'm going to say it'd be like our first variation. The difference. I'm going to say he's going to split the difference between eight-point run rookie year, 8.8 last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if his he had 2.2 offensive a game if that went up or stayed on, at that point, but then if the his defensive went down a little bit. Um, 
I don't know. I'm going to go under. Yeah. But I'm not super confident in it. I'm going to go over and I'm not super confident. I think 8.9 is a pretty good is a pretty good spot for the over under on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. And my thinking is just he'll be off ball more. So we might get a, a, a little bit more in terms of offensive rebounds. I think he won't be defending as many point guards, like you said, because of Josh Richardson. So, yeah, we'll see. Also, it's yeah, I, I think also um, he uh, with with um, with Al Horford, too. I think Al Horford's mm-hmm. his rebounds might go down even more than they already have just because of Embiid and. Uh, yeah. them not really needing him to to do that. Um, so I think I think Ben Simmons could pick up a little bit of that slack too. Um, mm-hmm. Field goal percentage for Ben Simmons, they have him at fifty five and a half. He was uh, at fifty six point three last year, which is real mm-hmm. high. I'm gonna go. I think we both go under on that. Um, you just imagine he's if gonna take to, more if jumpers this take year. Jumpers, yeah. yeah, that's gonna go down. And I don't think it going down is necessarily a bad thing, but I think it'll still be right around no. like 53, 54. But I think it'll definitely yeah. go down. It depends on how many. If he really is committed to taking jumpers, it could be like 51, 52. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how much that's going to be the case. I feel really confident about this next one. They have him at 60.8% for free throws. He was at 60% last year. I'm, I'm going to bang the over on this. Like, I'm pretty confident he's going to be better than yeah. 1% better than last as, year. As much Just as based I want to differ much better on it looks. you. Yeah, as much as I want to differ, um, I have to go over as well. All right, I think we'll, we'll have, we'll have plenty some of that opportunities we, yeah. to differ. Yeah, these are but all yeah. I just don't easy. I mean, again, I don't. I think it, you know, I can't imagine it's going to be higher than like sixty-five, um, but you know, sixty-two and a half would be nice. So you know, so this one was interesting. Um, so this was I ra- had to round up for this. There wasn't a three pointers made on the year. Uh, for ESPN Fantasy or for any of the other ones I found, but they have them at point one made per see, game. Uh, right. I did see just quickly yeah. um, two different betting lines where three pointers attempted. Mm. One was in the 60s, one was in the 30s. Wow. So no real, yeah, no real uh, consensus. So this there. next one probably assumes something closer to the 60s. This has him at it had him at point one made per game, which if you round up to just about one point, right below 1.5, since they're rounding or point one five, uh, they would put him at about 12 made best case next year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of tough. I I think it could be about under. that or under. Um, going under twelve is twelve is twelve is a lot based on what we've seen so far. Just his yeah. willingness to take the shot. I feel like he'll take like thirty or forty all year, maybe fifty. And if he were to hit more than twelve, can I give of those, you? Can I give you? A, can I give you an exact prediction? Yes. He will go nine for thirty-six on the season that's pretty good it's i'd take 25%. that I, I would take that i mean though. i would take it i would take it too uh but it's 25 percent. yeah because yeah. i thought to myself i'm like nine feels like a good amount of makes for him to have and then what's 25 percent shooting for that and there's 36 so it's a, nine for 36 he will go on the season it's a 25 percent improvement from last year big time um so minutes per game they have him at 34.7 he was at 34.1 last year I'm a little surprised by that. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of minutes in today's NBA. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I probably go a shade under that. I think he's probably right around where he was last year. Yeah, I was gonna go under too. So I think I see some coming up that we're gonna differ. Okay, on, but uh, yeah, so triple doubles and double doubles. They have him at eleven uh, for this coming season. He had ten last year. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Higher. 
Over. You're going over. I'm going to go under on this. I one. went over. I went over last year. First of all, I think does that eleven count the playoffs? Uh, it does not count the playoffs. And the ten, okay. the ten from yeah. last year is just regular season. Right. I think I had one or two in the playoffs. So I think I think our last year we I, I set the over under at twelve, and I think he came exactly to twelve with the playoffs. Um, and I think at the All Star break he had like two, and then just ran them off once he started having you know Butler and Tobias to pass the ball to and to kind of get the rhythm in there at the end of the year. Uh, so I'm going to go over there. And I'm going to go over on the double-doubles as well, just so you know. Okay, so double-doubles. So I'm going under on, on triple-doubles, and I'll explain because part of my answer for double-doubles. So double-doubles, they have him at 40 this coming season. He had 42 last year. We're both going over on that. Um, I think that he will have significantly more double-doubles this coming season, but fewer triple-doubles. And I think that just speaks to what we talked about before with assists per game. Like, I just – I think he'll have – I think he'll – his assists are going to be lower. I think he's going to have a lot more games where he has four, five, six assists than he had last year, um, just because there are other guys who can who can take on some of that with Richardson and and Horford, uh, and Embiid is, is someone who racked up a lot of assists last year too. But I think mm-hmm. he'll have the ball in his hands a little bit less, and as a playmaker, um, he'll be off the ball a little bit more. I think I'll have a lot of games though where he has. 22 and 13 you know rebounds right. like i think he, he's gonna get a lot of double doubles i i feel like that 40 number that they set could be more like 50 55 next year wow um while we're here i want to bring up something that's not on this list that i kind of noticed yeah. right as we were going going on air here um here's one i want to i want to add to the list of things it's, it's not an over under it's just a thing we pick um who will be second on the team in assists? I think Horford. You think Horford? To, for just for reference, uh, last year Simmons was obviously first with seven point seven. Second was Butler with four, and then B with three point seven, and then the next closest person that's still on the team was Tobias Harris at two point nine. I think Horford ends and then up below close. him. If you go oh, below go him, by the way. Uh, the next closest below him that's still on the team was Zaire Smith with 1.7. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think Horford... Yep. So Horford last year had averaged 4.2. Uh, the year before that, 4.7. The year before that, 5. And then before that, he was with the Hawks, and it was lower. I think it's going to be closer to 5, honestly. I think he's going to... His game is going to change in a way where he's spotting up a lot, um, playing out of the high post as a facilitator a lot, uh, not... Uh, handling the ball in the post as much as he did with the Celtics. Like, I think it's going to, his role is going to change. And I think his assists will be higher for that reason. Um, and he was a 4.2 last year, probably, which would have put him second on the team. If he'd done that here. I think that's probably a good guess, but just for the sake of being different here, I'm going to say Josh Richardson. All right. I could see that too. Uh, he had 4.1 last year, which is way above his career average, but he was given more responsibility last year and kind of, uh, ran that team when he was down there. So, uh, having that kind of experience but also knowing that he can kind of be the secondary ball handler and secondary distributor and stuff like that i think will free him up to um just have you know more success on that side so i'm putting it there yeah and if they if they use him if they end up using him as a backup point as a backup point yeah yeah um all right so let's move on to joel Embiid. Uh, and we're going to, as we go down the list, not do, for Embiid and Simmons, we're doing like every statistical category for Tobias mm-hmm. Harris and Josh Richardson and whatnot. We're going to do fewer. Uh, yeah. So for Embiid, they have his points per game at 25 and a half. He was at 27 mm-hmm. and a half last year. Are you taking the over or the Actually, under? Actually, Max, before, before we dive full on into Embiid, should we take a, a brief break? 
Why don't we do... Let's do, let's do like, the first few of Embiid and then a break. Okay, I don't appreciate being sassed like this, but I'll do it. Okay, it's fine. Um, okay, so... I, I said I didn't, want to, I didn't want to leave the people hanging with... with uh, Fucking whatever, man. Fine. Game. Whatever. Whatever. It's fine. Um, this is a hard one, actually. I, this is maybe the hardest one in the entire over-under set. A lot of Embiid's are difficult for me. Uh, this one, we went... I forgot what the over under. I think it was like twenty four something, and we both hammered the over big time, and it was big time over. Um, you expect some kind of not regression. That's not the right word, but some kind of balancing of usages and and shot attempts and stuff. But he still the team still runs through him. He's still fucking Joel Embiid. Um, I'm going over, but I'm going over the twenty five point five, but not over last year's total. Not that that's part of it. I'm just just to clarify where I think it's going to be. I think it might be like 26.2. Uh, it pains me, but I think I'm going to go under. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not that's not that I think he's going to have a, a down season or anything. I just think it, it makes sense for it to be lower. Like, he played almost yeah. 34 minutes a game last year. I think that's going to be quite a bit lower, probably closer to 30. Uh, I think Tobias Harris, now that he's more established on the team, his points per game probably go up. We already talked about Ben Simmons. Uh you know, I think Embiid, just with the minutes you, you're going to take off and the and you're just having less need for him to, to be that guy all the time, like, I, I think mm-hmm. it'll be a, a good 25 per game and on, like, good efficiency with fewer turnovers. I mean, I'd take that. Um, rebounds per game. He was at 13.5 last year. They have the over-under set at 12.5 for this season. I think it's... It's like, that sounds right. Uh, they are, they're set really well. Go, yeah, uh, I'm going to go over, but just barely. I'm going under. Right. I think it's going to just be a shade under. I mean, I think 20, uh, 12 and a half is, is well set. I think it's going to be somewhere between 12 and 12 and a half. I just think he's not going to be on the floor as much. Um, right. Yeah. In the playoffs, I think his numbers will be closer to what they were last year in the regular season, like the 28 and 14. Um, sure. Assists per game, they have him at 3.4. Uh, last year, he was at 3.7. I'm going under on this one. <sighs> this kind of goes against my what I've been saying just in terms of, um, in terms of uh, minutes per game. But I actually want to go over. I think it's going to be close to what it was last wow. year. Um, closer to 3.7 just because I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities with uh, mm-hmm. just with Ben Simmons being more of a threat with having Horford down low who just finishes everything. I think there'll be a lot of like two man shit between the two right. of them. Um, yeah, this is where, this is where it's going to be made right here. We're, we've been different on every one so far. Yeah. This will be interesting yeah. too. blocks per game. He had 1.9 last year. They're setting it at 1.8 under. Yeah. I'm going under also. I think yeah. you kind of see this with, with players like Embiid, like as their careers, go on they they just tend that that number seems to get lower um it's partially for it's a couple of reasons one is al horford also is your protector yeah the other one is that you sell out for blocks less frequently and then just go for you know good defense not saying blocks are bad defense obviously but uh you leave your feet sometimes less and then you end up just disrupting a shot a different way yeah i think he disrupts a lot of shots that he doesn't block like last year that 1.9 number feels really low because he would just yeah. disrupt so much, like, and just 
kind of the same way you see with, I think part of it too is that when you have a really good shot blocker, um, that first season, second season, uh, people still attack the rim when they're there right. and then they just kind of stop mm-hmm. doing that. Like Gobert, you know, probably would yeah. average more blocks per game if, if he was treated like any other center and people just attacked him the way they attacked. Exactly. And I also, I also think, that uh, the game is played differently now than it was, you know, in the 80s, 90s, obviously for a lot of reasons. But, uh, you know, back then there were these, a lot of these gaudy block numbers sometimes with these guys who are like, you know, super long arms and who would just get their arms up there or whatever. Like, you know, obviously Manute Bowl is enormous and, you know, I'm sure Taco Fall might have like bowl like block numbers. But um, also I feel like everybody now has like a 40 inch vertical. And everybody has an up and under, and everybody would like drive and then also pass it out. So there's just fewer block opportunities, I think, for big men at the rim. Yeah. Uh, not even just fewer blocks, just fewer chances to actually get the block. So, um, yeah, I'd take it the under. Uh, turnovers per game. Last year, he averaged three and a half, and they have him matching that total for this year. Three and a half again. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I want to say under. And I'm going to say under, but like it's going to be like 3.3 or 3.4. Yeah, I'm going under also. I feel a little more confident that number is going to be better, uh, closer to three. Mm-hmm. Just because I think the ball is going to be in his hands less. I think um, he's also just gotten better every year in terms of like uh, more so just like not being careless when the ball's in his hands in the post. Like I, I right. think his first yeah. season, that was a re- like a huge problem. I think that's gotten better and better. Um, and passing yeah. out of double teams and whatnot. Um, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. that's better. That maybe is more a hope than what I actually believe. But I think I do think it'll be lower than, than it was last year. Um, field goal percentage. This one's not as interesting. He was at 48.4 last year. 48.3 is what they have it set at this year. We'll say higher. Yeah, I'm going to go over on that too. Um, which just speaks to like I just think his they're not going to his usage will probably be lower than it was last year. And I think, therefore, turnovers down, efficiency up. Uh, I say the same thing with three-point percentage. Last year, he was at 30% flat. They have him at 32.5%. Um, I think he's yeah, gonna going to take fewer of... Oh, you're going under that. I'm going under, maybe still over 30, but I think the caveat with that, which is not something we have here, is that I think he'll attempt fewer. Yeah. I hope he attempts fewer. Um, last year... Uh, he attempted 5.8 per 100 possessions, uh, which is a lot. Uh, he attempted um, per 36, you look at 4.4. So if you didn't have fewer minutes, on average, he played actually, um, what did he average minutes wise last year? 33.7. Um, yeah, so it's not that far off. But So he averaged uh, 4.1 attempts. As it's gone up every year. He's been in the league 3.2, then 3.4, then 4.1. But as his attempts have gone up, his percentage has gone down. 36.7 to 30.8 to 30.0. So if you can balance that out around 31, 32, that'd be amazing and great and ideal. Um, but I'm going to think it's going to dip a little bit, but he'll take, you know, in an ideal world, say it dips to 29.8 or something like that. Um, he's only taken two and a half a game. That's the ideal situation here. Well, the ideal situation is that he's hitting 100% of them in eight times a game. But the realistic ideal, I think this season is it dips a little bit, but he takes he takes fewer. Yeah, I, I think um, I'm going to go over on the percentage. I think he takes a lot fewer of them this year, and I think it's closer to 33 and a half. You know, I think it just his yeah. efficiency is a little bit better, I hope. Um, 
Yeah. Minutes per game, I, I think this is an interesting one. So he's at 33.7 last year. They have him at 31.7. Which is, that puts it on, he puts him above still where he was in 17-18. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll take the, I'll take the under, but again, just barely. So over 31, but under 31.7 is what I'll say. So I'll take the under. I'm going to go under also. I feel like it could even be a little bit like a shade lower than 30. And I, I kind of think it I mean, should be. I, I just, I don't think you need, with in, Horford, in, you just don't need it. It's like the whole point of getting right. Horford is you don't need to run and beat into the ground all season. Yeah. Again, he was beat up a little bit, but he averaged 30.4 in the playoffs last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, games played, they have him at 69. Uh, he was at 64 nice. last year. Uh, under. Yeah, I think I'm that's a pretty easy right under. 67. Yeah, I, I think, I think too, like, same as the minutes, it's you just don't need him. You're not screwed when he's not on the floor the way you were last year, uh, just mm-hmm. because you didn't have another center. Like now that you have Horford, they will rest him when they need to and like be more judicious with it. Um, so last two are triple doubles and double doubles. Mm-hmm. Uh, triple yeah. doubles, they have him at zero, so zero point five. Um, he's gonna have one. Yeah, I, they had, he had two last year. I, I think we both mm-hmm. we both take the over on that just because I think he'll get one at least. Uh, double doubles, interestingly, they have him at 35, even though he had 58 last year. Yeah, way over. I, I don't really get that. I mean, I think, like I said, his minutes are going to be lower. He's guaranteed to have double-digit points basically every game. Uh, mm-hmm. And in terms of rebounds, he averaged 13.5 last year. That number, he's going to average more than 10 this year. Um easily and just based on that you would think he at least in half his games this would be him if he plays 69 games this is him getting 10 rebounds in half his games which i think is i think will be more than that right Um, i mean how you said he had he had 58 last year yeah 58 he played 64 games (laughs) yeah like he it he like come on and the year before that how many games did he play the year before that? He played 63 games and he had 38. So that's a little bit closer to what you're looking at here. But but his rebounds yeah, are so I, much higher last year. Like Yeah, well over. Yeah. I mean, if I had to put a number on it, I would say he has more than last year even. I would, I would say... Every game? Close to it. I'd say like five games where he doesn't get it. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh... There were six games last year where Joel Embiid didn't have double-digit rebounds. And there were zero games where he didn't have double-digit points. His lowest point total in a game last year was 10. And his rebounds, he had a game with six, a game with seven, two with three with eight, and one with nine. So, yeah, well over. All right, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with the rest of the starting five. Uh couple bench players team over unders and listener over unders all right we're back uh tobias harris is up next last year he averaged 20 points per game uh 18.2 with the sixers and they have him at 19.3 so basically splitting that difference what do you think under i'm, I'm gonna go over i'm i'm, I'm torn on this one i'm going under i'm, I'm going over because I, I just think he's gonna be one of those guys who's gonna pick up some of that slack. I think he's going to attempt a lot more threes now with JJ Redick on. Um, and he, he shot 32 and percent from three with the Sixers last year and 30, almost 40% uh, 
uh, on the year. So like 42 and a half when he was with the Clippers and then it brought it all the way down to 39.7 from his time. Right. With the I, just can't I think imagine... he'll return to form. So last year, the Sixers are like one of the first, if not the first starting five in, in NBA history. And they were, this is including Butler and Harris who weren't there for the full season, but Butler for a good chunk of it and Harris for a decent size. Uh, where every player in the starting five averaged at least 16.9 points. So Ben Simmons, 16.9, JJ, 18.1, Tobias, 18.2, Butler, 18.2, and Joel, 27.5. Uh, I can't imagine that happens again. Obviously, Horford's not going to average those numbers. Um, but I just think it's, a, it's an instance of what I'm hoping for, at least, as well. Uh, something what you said with, with Embiid is just maybe more efficient on fewer attempts... Uh, just because the, there's, you know, more team ball to be played, perhaps, if you want to put it that way or whatever, and less ISO, less, less whatever. Um, not that we're a huge ISO team anyway, but um, I think, uh, yeah, uh, fewer attempts, higher usage, or higher uh, percentage, which we'll get to in a couple of things. So I'm going to go under, but not by a ton. I would say in his 18, in 18.2 with the Sixers last year, I'd say probably close to hitting that exact mark again. Yeah, every year he's been in the league with the exception of uh, his last year in Orlando where he had a surprisingly high. He averaged 17 a game. He's basically increased his his points per game every season by about two. Uh, so you have five, then 11 is a big jump, then 14, then this outlier 17 season, back to 14, 16, 18 and a half, 20 last year. I think he'll be over 20 this season. I think it just with the role he's going to have on the team, um, the fact that he continues to improve and that uh, they're going to need it, right? They're going to need a little bit, but, a little bit more scoring and with them beat off the floor, probably a little bit more too. Here's, here's my question. Yeah. You said you anticipate more points per game uh, with the role he's going to have on the team. What would you define that as? Well, I think, I think he's going to attempt more threes than he did last year. Um, okay. I think he's going to spot up a lot more, but I also think like I think they're going to lean on him a little bit more as a like shot clock winding down guy because they don't sure. have like that anymore. With Jimmy Butler gone and with JJ Redick got a lot of those shots last year. Like I, I just think that, and they, you've seen it in the preseason too. Like he he's the best scorer, uh, you know, best like three-level scorer on the team. Embiid's um, mm-hmm. obviously their best scoring option, but like Tobias Harris can kind of do a little bit of everything, and I think I think he just fits in really well um, kind of in, in that role of like when they need a bucket and you don't want to dump it down low to Embiid. I think Tobias Harris is going to kind of fill that in a way that Jimmy Butler did for most of last year at the end. That's reasonable, but I think I need to see that more from him. I think last year, and maybe less in the preseason. Now, granted, I didn't watch the janky stream of the uh, the Orlando game. So, uh, but I needed to see. I think more of Tobias, not spot up shooter guy. Tobias, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to see more of like, you know, like I'm looking at this right now, right? Uh. In, in 2019, I know Kevin Durant just had a whole rant about how dare you bring stats into hooping, uh, which is like whatever. He's fucking Kevin Durant. He can say whatever he wants. He's one of the greatest players of all time. 
but in in the the 2019 when you went at the rim or behind the three point line, right? Uh, Tobias, I'm looking at this uh, percentage of field goals by the distance they're at. Uh, he only took a quarter of his attempts at the rim. Uh, 25.6% of his attempts as a sixer last year were from zero to three feet from the rim. Hmm. Um, and I would just like to see him drive more and stuff like that. He took uh, 33.8% of his attempts were three-point shots, which was a full 3.5% higher than it was in LA. Not as high as it was, you know, the year before that, but still. Um, and you talk about, like, you know, again, it being 2019, blah, 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 but he didn't take a ton of them, but on mid-range pull-up jumpers for the Sixers last year, or mid-range jumpers from 16 feet to three-point line, he shot 52%. So if the dude's shooting 53%, you'll let him take them every time. So I need to see more stuff like that, I think. More, you're talking about the three-level scoring. I need to see more of levels one and two, I think, a that, little That's bit. fair enough. I think he's capable of doing he's, it. It's, it's more oh, than he's, he's oh, shown Oh, he's for it. sure yeah. capable. He's for sure capable. I know that. Um, I just think before I rely on him to do that stuff, I need to see it more of him in a Sixers uniform. That's fair enough. Um, moving on, just because I want to make sure we get we get through all these. Uh, rebounds per game, he was at 7.9 last year. Uh, with the Sixers and on the season as a whole, they have him at 7.1. Uh, under. Yeah, I'm going to go under on that, too. Um, There's more hands around. Yeah, I just think there, it's like everyone, uh, it's going to be, spread out a little bit more this year yeah um they have met 38 and a half percent from three he shot 39.7 percent last year um, i'm looking at it right now that was 43.4 percent in 55 games with the clippers and then it dropped all the way to 32.6 in his 27 games with the sixers um and i want to say i can't i'm if i'm remembering correctly he came in really hot with the Sixers, and then it he had like a stretch in March, April that was really bad, or maybe it was the other way around. Yeah, he didn't hit a lot of them at all. Um, but that's pretty high. Thirty eight and a half yeah. is high. I mean, he shot the last few years. He shot over forty percent, um, basically every year. Uh, or, or I guess the year before he shot. I'm sorry, he shot forty forty one percent total. Uh, season before last, he shot just mm-hmm. about 40% last year, just shy of it, but was shooting excellently with the Clippers. Um, yeah. And career is a, you know, well, he's a 36.5% career shooter, but it, early in his career, he was shooting like mid-20s. Um, yeah, he really has turned, turned into that. So I, I have to go under. I just think that's really high. I have to go under, too, because I think it's going to be like 36.5 to 37.5. Yeah. That's where I would put it. But like yeah, like you said, like since twenty since the twenty fifteen twenty sixteen season, he's a thirty eight percent three point mm-hmm. shooter. So yeah, I'd say probably in that realm. So moving on uh, to Al Horford, he averaged thirteen point six points per game last year. They have met thirteen point one with the Sixers. It feels right. I'm gonna go over, but just barely, like thirteen point three. I'm gonna go under. Um, I just. Uh, I think he's going to be more of a facilitator to defense. I just think they, they don't really need the scoring from him as much, especially in the post. You're just not really going to see as much of that from him with Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like 
he averaged 29 minutes a game last year. Probably it'll be right around that this year. Um, I just I kind of anticipate him filling more of a like his his statistical numbers might not be great, but I think he'll have more of an impact than his numbers are going to show. And I can see that number being more mm-hmm. like 11 or 12 points per game. Makes sense. Um, rebounds per game, 6.6. He had 6.7 last year. Uh, I'm going higher. Um, I'm going to go higher, too. Uh, primarily because I, I think he... Uh, well, if, if you imagine his shooting... If you imagine he's going to have the ball in his hands less as a shooter, uh, that puts him in position to get potentially more rebounds off the weak side. Right. Also, uh, he's going to play center a lot. And if he if he plays any yeah. stretches at center this year with, with Embiid out, if Embiid misses any time that number will inflate a little bit too i also imagine again looking at last year uh Embiid had 13.6 simmons at 8.8 tobias harris is 7.9 and then your top rebounders four five six seven eight nine and ten are all not on the team anymore and the next highest is mike scott at 3.8 so there's gonna be a lot of balls to grab yeah uh and somebody's gonna have to grab those balls and i think al just might be the guy to grab those balls moving on um mm-hmm. 3.3 assists. Uh, he had 4.2 last year. I'm going to go over. Yeah, I, that's a really easy over for me. Um, I mean, I think I said I mean, before. You picked him to be the second on the team in assists. Yeah, I think he's going to be significantly over 3.3. Yeah, I think he'll be. I think 3.3 is an easy over. Um, they have him for three point percentage. He shot 36% last year. Uh, I want to say he shot close to like 40% the year before that, but they have him at 38.1 next year feels high that does feel really high but feels high. i don't know how much lower it would be than that like high 37 range i'm gonna go in, under in on that se- in 1718 on three attempts a game he shot 42.9 percent which is quite high as i well. don't think that's happening again i'd i'd much Man, it was just sooner believe ago. like 37 than i would 40 um and look again so so you know, from 2015 to 2019, he shot 37.1. So next day's average, yeah, you'd say that. Yeah, I'll go under as well. Just based off of that. I think fact he's going to shoot just more of them this year too. Potentially, I think more of his shots will probably come from three this year. I think potentially, but I think it all depends on what kind of sets you're running because they're not a big pick and roll, pick and pop team in the past, at least. Um, and that pick and pop is kind of a great way to get out open behind the three point line. Yeah. But we'll see how it works out. He's hit a lot of trail We've, threes I mean, in the preseason. I would also imagine, just putting this in context as well, from being at the first, um, and again, I was at the first preseason game, so I didn't see it on TV, but the vibe I got was a lot of it was like guys learning the plays. Um, so I don't think we've actually probably really even seen the truest form of like their regular season offense yet. Um, so there's going to be a lot of, of things we're going to learn in the first couple weeks of games that... We might all sound foolish about talking about like this right now, but we'll see. Um, moving on to Josh Richardson. He averaged 16.6 points per game last year. They have him at 15 and a half this season. I'm going to go under. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like a 14 and a half. Again, I feel like his role is different on the team. Obviously, he has less of a ball handling responsibility, less of a, a, the guy responsibility. And I think in general, the team might just score less points. 
So yeah, I can see under, that. Under not in like yeah. I'm saying when I say under here, I'm not like oh he's going to have a worse season. I just think he's going to have a different season. That's how I see it. Um, I think he's. I'm going to go over on this because I, I think he's going to take a pretty big step forward this year. Um, just just generally, and I think I he's going to have think, the ball in his I hands think it's a good possible, amount. I think it's possible he takes a step forward as a player and as a contributor to the team and averages less than 15 and a half Def- points. A definitely game. possible. Um, assists per game, he averaged 4.1 last year. They have him at 2.8, which feels pretty low. Well over. Yeah, I, well, I, well, I think well that's over. easy easy for me, too. I don't think he'll be at 4.1 like he was last year, unless he plays yeah. a lot of point guard minutes. Um, but I think he'll be closer to, like, 3, 3.5. Mm-hmm. Um, 35.5% from 3. He shot 35.7 last year. Well over. Yeah, I think he's going to be closer to, like, 39-40. I'm saying, yeah, close to 40. A lot of catch-and-shoot opportunities. Um, a lot of his threes it, last year seemed to come just from watching uh, some of the Heat games last year. It seemed like a lot of it came uh, with the ball in his hands, like pull-up threes. Yeah. He won't really be asked to do that as much, you would think. And he's a good three-puncher. You would think it would be a little higher this year. So I'm going to go over also. Yeah. Um, now we're at we, – we only picked two bench players, and then there were a couple bench questions that came up in, in the uh, listener questions. Yeah. We'll start with Mike Scott, and then we also have Matisse Thibel. So with Mike Scott, uh, he averaged 5.8 points last year, 7.8 during his time with the Sixers. They have him at 6.7 points per game in 17.7 minutes. This is a tough one just because there's so many variables that could lead to that minutes number changing. Um, just just for clarity, he averaged 24 minutes a game with the Sixers last year. So they have him playing s- almost seven, s- six and a half fewer minutes this coming season than he played last year. I mean, he's also at this point in the preseason, at least he's not the, one of the first two guys off the bench either. Um, but then again, I think that, that James Ennis first guy off the bench role is untenable and it could be changing a lot. Um, not- notice how we didn't include James Ennis in any of this. That's partially why. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go over just because I think his minutes will fluctuate strongly, and he'll it'll happen because he's earned the right to, to get more minutes. I think so too. I'm gonna smash the over. I mean, there, we have three things here. I'm gonna smash over on all of these. Um, I think he's gonna play closer to that 24 minute mark that he was last year, somewhere between 20 and 25. I don't think I'm he'll be under over on all three actually now. Yeah. Looking at it's, it, it's, hitting over on the offense. Really, as well. whoever is at ESPN was really low on on uh, Mike Scott. They had him at thirty one point eight from three. Uh, he shot forty one point two percent with the Sixers last year, forty point one percent on the year. They have him dropping nine percent uh, down to thirty one point eight. So that's an easy over for me. And he's looked good in the preseason from three. Uh, and they have him at seventeen point seven minutes per game, which again feels low. Yeah. Um, Matisse Thibel, I had to make these myself, and you can tell me, we can kind of discuss these if you want to change the uh, the over-under on some of these. I imagine, so I put, I put, we'll start with minutes per game because I think that'll set the table for for this, but yeah, uh, I put him at 20 minutes per game. I think ESPN had him at like two <laughs> minutes per game, so I just had to make this all up. Uh, Landry Shamit yep. played 20 and a half minutes during his time with the Sixers last year. It feels like assuming Matisse Seibel is part of the rotation it seems like he clearly is it's going to be kind of in that Shamit role not in the way he plays but just like right 
he plays every game. Some are, you know, some games it's only 10 minutes. Other games he plays 30. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be around 20. Um, so I said it there. I think it's also worth pointing out that if Shamit had stayed here all year, he probably, he probably would have earned himself more minutes. True. And and well. you assume Thibault will be here through the end of the season and will, by that point, be maybe playing more and will boost yeah. that number. I'm going to go... 20 is high. I'm going to go over, though. I'm going to go under, but just I'm just thinking like 18. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be... I think it was... Uh, I think 20 is right around where it'll be. Um, I, I would say like low 20s is where I'm, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sticking with that before we get to stats, uh, I put him at 15 games started next season. Shamit only started four, but I think that was more had to do with the, the roster construction. And this is basically yeah. like... The question is is kind of... If you're missing uh, Josh Richardson, Ben Simmons, really anyone in the starting five uh, for any extended period of time, uh, what do you think they do? Because they have a they have right. a, a roster that like basically no matter who's missing from the lineup, except for maybe mm-hmm. Ben Simmons if they want to start Trey Burke or something, uh, you yeah. would probably just swing. If it's if it's Embiid, you swing Horford and Tobias Harris down one, and now you need a small forward. If it's right. Josh Richardson, you need a shooting guard if it's whatever, right? Like, everyone can kind of yeah. shift. So, I feel like it's going to be Mike Scott or uh, Matisse Thibel or maybe Ennis, but I don't think that I think you get a lot more out of Thibel or Mike Scott. So, do we think that – really, the question is, do you think Thibel is that guy that will start – at least yes. by the end of the year, will start games? Yeah, I think he's over. If, if they need him, too. Yeah, I think he's yeah, over he's also. Over. I, I would say right around that. I mean, it really just depends on injuries, yeah. but I, I do think – I do think he'll become that guy, right? Just to I mean, just to point out uh, for an example, one of the reasons why I'm I'm over on it. Um, let me just go back here. Sorry, I clicked on the wrong thing. I'm trying to pull a stat up, and I clicked on the wrong goddamn thing. Um, vamping, chatting, vamping. Well, you know, a I'll good say time, something really stalling. fast while you're doing this. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, please do. I wouldn't be shocked if Matisse Thibel. Uh, that this is going to sound crazy. I wouldn't be shocked if if he plays, if he continues to progress the way you're expecting. I don't think it's that crazy to think by the end of the year, the Sixers might say, let's start Matisse Thibel, let's bring Al Horford off the bench and bring him in. For I don't a think beat. that's necessarily crazy either. Because I think they might they um, might determine that it just, especially depending on matchup, and it's possible that mm-hmm. they get to that point maybe even earlier than that. They're like, yeah. all right, we're playing the Warriors and you know, Draymond Green starting a power forward. Like we don't really need Al Horford out there for that. Right. Uh, so I found I was looking up. So I was looking it up. I have the one number cause it's part of a later over under. So I'm kind of spoiling that. And so, you know, this number, um, cause I think you looked at them all, but do you know how many games, um, and be honest, if you read it, do you know how many games Jonah Bolden started last year? Well, I don't, I, I didn't look at that. Um, guess six, 10. 10 Jonah games. Bolton started 10 games last year. Marco Fultz started 15. Ugh. I think, yeah, it's definitely doable that he passes that. Wow, that's that's brutal. It's crazy that he yeah. that Fultz started 15, Shamus started four, and they were traded at the same on the same day or the same week at least. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Uh so points per game. If we if we have him around 20 minutes per game, I set the points at six. I just think I that that's not right. gonna really be I'm his a, role. I'll go over, but just barely. Yeah, I'll, I'll go over that just slightly too, especially if he if he figures to uh, end up where I have him at like twenty two minutes a game. Um, 
Right. So this next one, we have steals and blocks per game. So steals, I put at 1.2, blocks at 1. Mm-hmm. I, I think for steals, uh, I'm going just, over slightly. I'm going to go over on both. Wow. Because I'm buying fully. And I want you to know right now, though, only 32 players in the NBA uh, had over 1.2 steals a game last year. And the closest thing to a block leader that wasn't a power forward or a center with 1.1 was the six foot 11 Kevin Durant. And then below that was Kelly Oubre, who is for some reason also listed as a small fucking forward. Uh, and then Mo Harkless with 0.9. And if I'm going over on both, which I am, that means he will have more than 1.2 steals a game, more than one block a game, and only six players in the entire NBA did that last year. And I'm going over. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go under for blocks just because I think I think it's tough to do that, especially in the minutes I expect him to play. But So in four preseason games, he's averaging three steals and a block and a half per game in 19.7 minutes. Like I know it's four yep. games, but... It also it also tracks with what you saw in the scrimmage. It tracks with what you saw at Washington. Um, it's I I think his steal numbers are going to be very high. Um, the blocks yep, the blocks agreed. are you know it's harder to keep that up or for that to be consistent. But so yeah, you're going over on both. I'm going to go under on the blocks, but over on the steals. Uh, and then the last one for Thibault is. Uh, 33.5% is where I set three-point percentage. Could go over as well. All right, you're going over. I'm going to go under on that. Um, I don't just think there'll slightly. be a, like a ton of attempts, but I think it'll be barely over. Yeah, I, I have him right around 33%. All right, so let's quickly do team uh, real fast. Mm-hmm. We just have a, we really just have one just wins and losses and then we can yeah. take a quick break and then we'll get to uh some of the other weird ones we have and, and listener ones so for the team yeah. uh this is based on 538 their projections um they have the team going 52 and 30 and that would put them second in the east after milwaukee who would they project to finish at 54 and 28 uh and they'd be fourth in the nba tied with the clippers uh with the nuggets and rockets both above them the rockets mm-hmm. have the best record in the league uh, by this projection, do we think it'll be better or Over. worse than fifty-two wins? Better. It's a fifty-six win team. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I feel like watching them; it feels yeah. like they're a seventy-win team. So I, I have to yeah. go over on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this isn't really—we're not going to do over/under on this because you, you can't really. But uh, I thought it was interesting. They have the Sixers now at thirty-two percent chance to make the finals, twelve percent chance to win the finals. Does that feel right to you? Feels right. It feels right. The thirty-two percent chance to make the finals definitely feels right. Um, and I guess by that account, that would put them at slightly. They they'd be uh, whoever gets out of the West would be the favorites to beat them by by just a little bit. So that that makes sense to yeah. me too. I might even put their chance to make the finals a little higher. I really think it's the Bucks, and there's not really anyone else I'm worried about. Unless, I mean, there's always a chance somebody makes a trade at the deadline or something happens that's unexpected or whatever, but I, I just don't really see it. I don't see a team that has the, the ability. Maybe the Celtics, if they make some sort of deal, 
they finally cash in those yeah. chips, but I, I don't think they're going to do that at this point. Yeah, agree. Can we take a, a, a before we head to our break? Can I just make one quick note unrelated to anything we've been talking about this entire time? Yes. Um, I have the Grizzlies game on in the background mm-hmm. here on mute. Grizzlies OKC. Um, the Grizzlies uniforms look like shit. The ones they're wearing, first of all, can we try to can we stop putting last names under numbers in the backs of jerseys? It always looks stupid. There's that. Two, on the front, it just says Grizzlies in like what looks like size 14 font in a straight line. Just try. Just try a little bit. Would be great. Try. Also, I'd like them initially, but the new Clippers jerseys look fucking stupid. Yeah. Nike's obsession with making everything black and white with all the all-star jerseys and this and that. And then, you know, the Grizzlies had a black and white one last year, which actually made kind of sense. But, you know, the obsession with just doing these black and white simplistic things in sports is stupid. Sports are supposed to be fun and colorful and fun. The black and white and only black and white thing feels very like your game has not loaded yet, but here's the mode you can play. Yeah, I don't like it at all. And now, a quick break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Max. Um, we have some side ones now that are, uh, people might be a little bit less interested in before we get some fun ones. Uh, the first we had mentioned a little earlier that it seems that the de facto backup point guard may in fact just be their starting shooting guard in Josh Richardson. Uh, but our first is not an over-under, but just a which one do you choose? Um, so I guess we're going minutes per game here and not total minutes, right? Uh, I'd say total minutes on the season. Okay, well, then I'm going... Er, I need to say what it is first. It is Halonato uh, or Trey Burke. Um, I'm going Trey Burke. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm a little disappointed. I th- uh, I think Neto might have, at the end of the year, more minutes per game in the games he's played, but I think he's going to play fewer games. I probably agree with that. I think Neto hasn't really done enough to, to catapult himself into that role, and I think Burke is just a better player. And, and Yeah better pedigree and career to this point. Yeah. Um, like, I think Neto is an upgrade over TJ McConnell, but he still might get TJ's minutes. You know? So, the next one is uh, starts on the season, Matisse Thibault or Mike Scott? Uh, I'm going Matisse. I think so, too. I really talked myself into Matisse Thibault starting mm-hmm. shooting guard after that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I go Thibault also. This next one, I might want to change up. Uh, I had yeah, this one's not even close, man. Yeah, it's it's. You know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to increase the. Just give me one second. Change it to 35 or 40. I'm going to change it to 40. Yeah. I think. Uh, why don't you what, Why don't you introduce so, it? And I'm yeah. going to pull that up right now. So uh, Max's uh, list uh, thing was here. It was what's more, a higher number. Ben Simmons has made threes, 
or Joel Embiid's 30-point games, of which he had 29 last year. So that's obviously the correct answer, and that is going to be 30-point games. So the only option to do that is to either up that to 35 or 40-point games, basically. And I'm assuming Max is currently looking up how many 40-point games Joel had last year. Which I Can I guess how many? Yeah. Six? Five. Ooh, I was close. Do you want to guess All how right. many 35-plus point games he had? So he had 29, 30 plus, 5, 40 plus, yep. uh, 12. 12 exactly. That was incredible. I'm fucking good at this, man. You are really good at that. This is why you listen to this podcast, I think. I don't really know why I, I yeah. wouldn't, but you do. It's cool. Um, so then it's 40-point games for Embiid or made Simmons threes. 40-point would be I said, would only be five made threes. Well, no, I well, I already flat out said that Simmons is going to make nine three pointers and nine three pointers only this year. So I'm going to go with Simmons threes, I guess. I don't want to over Embiid forty point it feels games. Feels wrong, yeah. But I don't think I can't see Embiid getting ten forty point games, uh, especially with more more ball handling options and more more offensive options than there were for at least the first you know twenty five games of last year. Um, and with, you know, some load management things and maybe playing a little bit less. Uh, so I'm going to go Simmons made threes, but I don't feel fantastic about it. Yeah, I'm going to say the same. Um, Come on, Max. I know. Jesus. Well, we have we have enough that we, we pick different ones for. Yeah, they're all just Joel Embiid's individual statistical categories. All right, these next ones are yours, so do you want to introduce these? Yeah. Yeah, and then you can go first on them. Um, so this one is players to see the floor, which is basically a player... Uh, on the team to actually play for the team this season. Uh, last year, 26 players suited up and played at least a second on the floor for the Sixers. Year before that, 23. Before that, 21. Before that, 18. Things are leveling out. Might not be a big blockbuster trade this year with multiple people involved. Um, so I set the over-under at 19.5. What do you think, Max? Ah. <sighs> I'm gonna put it this way: if if all fifteen people currently on the roster, and then each one each of the two way guys, yep, it's that's already 17. seventeen. And I think that's going to happen. So uh, the thing is, I don't know if there are more than two interchangeable. Like I don't know. I don't anticipate a big trade this year. Um, mm-hmm. Even a small trade. Like I, I think right. I think realistically, nineteen feels about right. Like all all seventeen of those guys are going to play. Plus, right. maybe there are two guys Plus, you pick up on waivers and you cut cork mods or whatever. Guys, yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think it'll be more than that. And last year it was really inflated so, because of the two huge trades. Yeah, so you're going under? I'm going to go under. I'm going under as well. You're also going under? Yeah, I am. Uh, this next one's very related. Uh, it is uh, players traded for or signed. So, you know, if you... Let's put it this way. If you send out two players and get two players back, that counts as two. So it's not like you're not like breaking even there, right? So players acquired in a trade or signed on the buyout market. Or Jonah Bolden starts, which I had laughed at. This is a suggestion from our friend Patrick Wall. And I said, well, that's fucking easy. That's Jonah Bolden fucking no. Of course not. And then I saw he started 10 games last year. And I was like, oh, shit. Shit does happen that's weird in the NBA season. Um, so what's your at there? Players uh, added during the season, whether def- through trade or free agency, or added. Jonah Bolden uh, I, starts. I would be shocked if Jonah Bolden starts a single game this year. 
I would too, but if you had told me earlier today no, how know. many games did Juno Bolton start last year, I'd say zero, you fucking idiot. But it's like, what, what's the scenario Blacked in which he's going to start games. more than two games this year? Like, maybe, Australian maybe Heritage Night. the very final game of the year. Maybe if they, like, lock up the one seed with, like, six games yeah. left, he'll, play, he'll start yeah. five of those. But, like, I, that's, like, the only world. Because you have Horford, you have Kyle O'Quinn. Uh, right. You have enough wing guys that you would just swing some of your... You would swing but, the roster down a little bit and not even bring in another big. Like it, it just doesn't but, really make sense. And you know this, what Brett Brown likes to do when a player is out is not just replace him with the next best guy, but to keep his rotations intact. Yeah, it's Jonah Bolden though. Also, who knows how much money four and twenty meat pies were given to the 76ers for this Australian propaganda? Are you going with the Jonah Bolden stars? No, of course not. Okay, good. Fucking no. <laughs> of course I'm not. Um, this is, next one's also Jonah Bolden related. Uh, this one was funny for me. Uh, what is higher? Uh, Jonah Bolden's fouls per 36, uh, which last year was 5.6, or Josh Richardson's three pointers attempted a game, which last year was 6.3, which is also high. Hmm. I feel like both of those will be lower this year, but I think Jonah Bolden's fouls per 36 are going to be higher. I want to go with that, but I'm going to go with Richardson just to make it different. Okay. Because I feel like there's going to be like a game where Bolden plays 12 minutes and fouls out, and that's going to skew everything. All right, and then you have one more, right? Yes. Uh, so what is higher? Uh, Matisse Thibel's steals plus blocks per game, which in college last year would have been 5.7. Or Kyle O'Quinn's assists per 36, which last year would have been 5.4. But the thigh ball steals we've, and blocks seen, is not per 36. It's just per game straight up. Per game. But we have seen like Kyle O'Quinn. I mean, I, I have wanted a Kyle O'Quinn type, as I've said many times on this podcast on this TV before, meaning basically Kyle O'Quinn or someone who is like a poor man's Kyle O'Quinn. But even I don't think realized watching him as intently as I do now that he's a gifted passer. He's he's really skilled. He's a good shooter. He's a great court yeah. vision. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to Quinn assists. I'm, per I'm definitely going to Quinn. If you made it per 36, I think that would be a little more for for Thibault steals and blocks. That'd be a little more interesting for me because I think mm. steals and blocks mm. for Thibault is going to be closer to like two two and a half. Uh, just per because game. of minutes. Because of minutes. Um, and I think O'Quinn. Well, you know what? Let's let's just make it per 36. I can change that. All right. Um, uh, so if I think he's getting I'm still like going to Quinn, let me just do some quick math. So if I think he's getting like two point three, let's say uh, steals right. and blocks did, combined in over. twenty minutes, if I think yeah. he's that's per yeah. thirty six, that's about four. I still go Kyle uh-huh. Quinn. Okay, all right. I was say I hit the over on both steals and blocks per game, and now I'm doing the I'm kind of like I'm like betting against myself almost. But yeah, all right, yeah, you're, cool. you're hedging the bet. Yeah, I guess so. Is that what that means? I think so. Oh, when you when you bet two okay. things that are opposite and get no benefit from it, so, no. something like that. I don't know. Cool, works for me. Um, um, you had some that you had uh, found on Twitter, correct? I do. Before we close yeah. this all out, yeah. So let's close all this right. out with some some Twitter questions or some Twitter over unders. Um, let's see. This one actually we already did. It's a long one. Uh, okay, this is a good one. So Steve Heiningren. Uh, Asked over under 0. 0.5, uh, 5, 5, 5, 5, and 5 games for Matisse Thibel. So, uh, 5 by 5 games. Oh, a 5 by 5? Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm going under just because that is 
I love a good five by five. Uh, it's incredibly rare. Um, I think the last was it the I'm last player it to do now. it was it Nick Batum. Uh, I thought someone. I think Nurkic did it last year. Nurkic did it last year. Yeah, Nurkic did it last Davis year. Anthony did it Davis last did it, year. same year. Draymond. There have been Batum one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine since the year two thousand. Andre Carlin goes from, three of them. Yes, he does. And from 1995 to 2000, there was zero. It's very challenging. If you don't know what a 5 by 5 is, it is at least five points, five rebounds, five assists, five blocks, and five steals. The hardest part of all of that is five blocks and five steals. Um, Just to do those two things is crazy. Um, So I say under... You know, he has been able to do it in his career. Um... But I don't know about his rookie year, man. I, I don't know if a rookie's ever done that. I'm not going to look it up, but... You know, I'm, I'm just looking, though. Uh, oh, it looks like... I think Dr. J did it in his rookie year. Oh, no, that's with... Oh. That was uh, not rookie year. It was ABA. He did it was that. his first NBA year. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just looking at this. Le- Nurkic last year, That his 5x5 five five was ridiculous, too, because it was 24 points, 23 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 blocks, and 5 steals. Which is yeah. stupid. Put it um, this way. Just just having five blocks and five steals, none of the other stats even involved at all, has only been done ten times since 2010. And one, two, three, four, five of those didn't reach the assists mark. Uh, one of those didn't reach the points mark. Uh, they all reached the rebounds. I mark. think, I will say that I think he could get that this season. He get up a five block five steals game this season. I actually think the assists is going to be the part that is would be toughest. Obviously, he'll get five mm. assists more than he'll get five blocks and five steals. But I just think putting all that together is probably not going to happen. I think it's the assists that would yeah. come short. Um, In 2014, Kawhi was one assist away. Wow. And then in 2013, Anthony Davis was one assist away. They both had eight rebounds, four assists, uh, six blocks. Uh, and then Kawhi had five steals, and AD had six, and then their points were well, well above. It's not easy to do, and for a rookie to do that, especially an unheralded rookie, um, would be, you know, wild. I think the hardest part for Thibault might end up being the assists, uh, if he's as, as rabid a defender as he seems. But um, I'm going to say he doesn't do it because it's just it's such an accomplishment. So. Dave Mulhern had a lot of really good ones. Um, so I'll pick a few of these. He had, uh, Brett, and I'll explain this one, Brett Brown's career win percentage at the end of this year. And what he basically said was somewhere between 50 and 60 wins puts Brett Brown at 40 to 41% uh, win percentage career if he if the Sixers win between 50 and 60 games this year. Is that going to be higher or lower than whoever the team's leader in three-point percentage is? And we'll assume that doesn't include Ooh. someone who, you know, if Korkmaz takes 10 threes and hits five of them, that doesn't count. So I said they'd win 56 games. You're not going to do that math, are you? No, he's uh, going to be around 40.5% is what we're talking about, Brett Brown's career, which is crazy that it's going to be that close to 50% after the start. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say lower. Brett Brown's career win percentage will be lower than the highest three-point percentage. 
Yeah, I think that the likelihood that someone on the team who plays meaningful minutes, even if it's like Howell Neto uh, or Josh Richardson or someone shoots like 42%, is good enough that I, I want to go under. I, I think that the percentage will be higher than Brett Brown's win percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, he had another one that was really good. Uh, Embiid's usage rate, which last year was 33.3%, or his three point mm-hmm. percent percentage this year, which was thirty percent last year. Usage. I mean the usage is higher than the three point. Yeah. I kind of feel like the usage is gonna go down slightly, and I feel like the three point percentage hopefully will go up at slightly. I think it's they're gonna be about the same. Around like thirty two. I'm going with usage. Yeah, that's probably the that's probably the one. I, I think you're probably right. I'll I'll agree with you. I think that's probably more likely. Um, let's see. There's one other one I saw. Uh, oh, here we go. I'm going to go back to, to Steve Heiningren. Um, over under three and a half Sixers on all NBA defensive teams. Mm, one half. So if, does one person make it? Uh, so no, three and a half. So oh, on all so defensive all, teams. So that's so first and three. second. Uh, there are three, right? Three. Did it do a, did it do a third third team? Uh, let me make sure of that. You might be right that it's. I might be thinking of all NBA. Um, that does that. So there's only one, there's only first and second team all rookie. Um, you are correct that it's only first and oh, second so team. So do I think there will be? That's too many. Four. Or more Sixers on, out of ten? Then no, let's go. Let's close. let's turn no. that. I I yeah. I think let's let's go with uh, two and a half. As you no, under. still no, still no, still no. I kind of think I think unless I unless think they're, they're the greatest defensive think, team to ever exist, then no. But I think Embiid's like a a lock, assuming he plays enough games to get one of those spots. I think um, Horford. If, well, Horford didn't make it last year, though, or the year... Oh, no, he made it the year before that. The way these teams are voted on as well, there's a lot of people who vote on these things who only watch whatever team is closest to where their house is. Yeah. I just don't see one team dominating it in that way. Yeah, that's... that's You're right. Um, what, what if it was one and a half? Would you say that Embiid and one other... Sixer will make a... Uh, I would go over then. I would say that Embiid would make first team and that Simmons would make second team. I'm looking at it too. It's interesting. Last year the only... So only the uh, the Bucks and Warriors had multiple players on the all-defensive teams. So the hmm. Warriors had Clay and Dre. Uh, the Bucks had Eric Bledsoe and Giannis who were both first team. Um, and the thing is, too, again, because of the way they're voted on, a lot of these guys on these year-end teams are coasting off reputation mm-hmm. a little bit. And nobody on the Sixers, other than Horford, has enough of a reputation, and he didn't make it last year. So, Yeah, I could see, though, Simmons. I could see Simmons and Bede. I could see Horford and Bede. I think Bede will be there, uh, assuming he plays enough games. But Mike Muscala is playing on my TV right now, by the way. Ugh, just, you man, know. that's gross. Yeah. Um, let me see if I have one other one. Um, I'll go back to Dave. Dave Mulhern had some really good ones. He asked, uh, Sixers game-winning shots, like buzzer beaters this year, 
or meaningful in-season acquisitions? Well, what's the bar- barometer for meaningful acquisitions? So I acquisitions? would call, like, Mike Scott last year was a meaningful acquisition. I would not call... Uh, well, I'm trying to think of other guys they acquired in trades. Like, if they were... Greg Monroe? Yeah, Greg Monroe is not a meaningful acquisition. But anyone would, who would plays you say rotation two years minutes... Ago Bellinelli? Yes, Bellinelli and Ilyasova were definitely meaningful. So if we're talking, I don't think they do a big trade like you said. If they do sign it, uh, the buyout guys, it's really only two. I'll go buzzer beaters, even though they are also rare. Um, there was only, if you're talking about like true buzzer beater, like shot in the air, buzzer goes off. I think the Sixers were on the wrong end of more of those last year than they were on the right end of them. Um, but... I'll still go with that because I can't see them adding more than two guys and just, you know, 82 games likelihood that I think it's likely. So, yeah, I'd go with the buzzer beaters. I'm trying to, I was trying to find a list of buzzer beaters, but I don't think that really exists Like to just, like, find that stat. Uh, you can find, like, clutch stats, but that's that's all, yeah. like, under. I think it's, like, under 50 seconds or something. I don't now, know if they, they quantify If that. I counted, did you think that maybe, would you count? I know that's not what his question is. His question is buzzer beaters. So, like, that Jimmy Butler shot last year would be... All right. Well, let's say let's say the shot goes in and there's under five. Yeah, seconds like go left. ahead, big shots. Like there's probably right, like three where of like those the here. other team doesn't have a chance to bring the ball up at their own pace and kind of run a play. They kind of have to like inbound run shoot. Yeah. So five seconds, say. But not if the other team has a timeout, is able to call that, get a shot off. That that to me doesn't. That's not the same as like a game right. winning shot. Sure. Just a go yeah. ahead shot. Um. Like, like, Butler's shot over when Kemba dropped 60, that's a buzzer beater. Yeah, I think you're right that that one wasn't technically at the buzzer, right? Because then they had to inbound it after that, or? They had, they, I think they got a, they got a heave at the, at the end yeah. of the clock. Yeah, I think so. And they almost made, I think, I want to say that one was one of the ones that, like, om- they almost made that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking, like, Moody A level. Yeah, so, I, I probably go buzzer beaters, too, just because I think, I think I said two players they'll add. You know, when we were talking about how many guys yeah, will suit up. Right. And of those, one might not even be a meaningful acquisition. It might just be a filler or a trade or something. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think it's like, it's going to be like close to the same number either way, but yeah. All right. We've gone super long and we have. We're going to take the week off. Uh, season starts in one week, so we'll do something after that first game. Probably the yeah. Day barring after. anything crazy, yeah. our next pot won't be told after the game. Yeah. I do want to do a quick shout out to someone who will never probably hear this, um, but my brother just uh, sent me this screenshot. He's watching AEW, the new pro wrestling mm-hmm. um, uh, television program. On I guess it's on the, the TNT, maybe TBS, one of those two. Uh, and uh, Chuck Taylor, Chucky T, who's a, a local boy, uh, I think now at least, uh, entered to the ring. In Philadelphia, I think this is at the Leah Chorus Center, uh, whilst wearing uh, Ben Simmons' last year earned edition jersey. Amazing. So there you go. Yeah. A little a little Easter egg for your brother if he made it through 90 minutes of us talking about over-unders. He does not listen to this podcast. I don't blame him. He put it on in the car once when I was in the car with him. Oh, that's bad. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? I'm going to talk, then I'm going to talk on your speakers, and you're going to want to crash the car. Yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, so, that's torturous. That to listen to yourself. Yes. Anyway, uh, in the presence of thanks for else. listening to the, the. Yeah, thanks for listening to this whole thing. If you did, if you didn't, we totally get it. Perfectly fine. 
and we will talk to you shortly after the season opener next week. All right. See ya.